Cheek, this is a view from the couch. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. As I said last week, it's going to be a, an abbreviated run-up to the beginning of the 2022 season. It's just life and life things uh, slowing me down a little bit. But today, we're going to focus on the side of the ball that really delivered Georgia's first national championship in 41 years last year. We are going to talk about the defense. We're going to break it down position by position. I'm going to give you all the names that you need to know and a few guys to keep an eye out for. So I hope you enjoy today's defense-centered podcast, and uh, let's get started. I don't think it would be right for me to start the preview of the 2022 defense without talking just a little bit about last year. And as we go through today and we kind of go position by position, I really want to emphasize in each position the guys that are being replaced. Um, but, you know, one thing and just I think the one fact I was trying to think of just something really quick here at the beginning. The one thing that I think for me will be the lasting memory of the 2021 defense is just the reality that they did not give up their first touchdown of the season until the Auburn game, which was in early October last year, which is just absolutely and totally mind blowing. So, you know, kind of keeping that in mind, we're going to jump right into it. Now, obviously there's some changes on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to coaches, Dan Lanning, Obviously, the coach at Oregon, the the team that Georgia opens the season with. Uh, So the co-defensive coordinator that was with Lanning last year, Glenn Schumann, still in place, still a a co-defensive coordinator. But the other defensive coordinator, the other co-defensive coordinator, is uh, Will Muschamp, who obviously joined the staff uh, last year, at the beginning of last year, who's going to be the quality quality assistant person uh, for the defensive side of the ball ended up coming on the field and being a coach when everything happened with Scott Cochran last year. So uh, Muschamp is going to be, you know, the defensive coordinator or the co-defensive coordinator. And obviously this defense has a lot to live up to. And, you know, I think this defense can be in 22 can be really, really good. Now, obviously, to try to compare anything to the 2021 defense is just setting yourself up for failure. So we're going to start closest to the ball. We're going to start with the defensive line. And let's just make this very clear. This is the biggest position of attrition that Georgia has across the board. Georgia will be replacing Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick in the draft, Jordan Davis, and Devontae Wyatt. All three of those guys, number or first round picks, including Walker, who was the first pick taken overall. 
Now, it's important as we go through this, I'll try to kind of put context around all of these position battles. It's not like it used to be in the old days. You're not just going to play three or four defensive linemen all the time. You know, Georgia rotates out so many guys, especially in the front seven, but really all over the field when it comes to defense. Uh, It's a philosophy that Georgia has. They just feel like the best way to play defense is to rotate guys out, have situational guys, you know, at the touchdown club earlier this week, Kirby Smart was talking about the fact that Jordan Davis knew he was a first and second down guy on the defensive line and that if he wanted to get his numbers, if he wanted to make big plays, he knew he had to do it on first and second down because come third down, they were going to pull him off the field. So as we kind of start talking about these positions, we're going to talk about a few different players at each position because there's definitely going to be rotation. So, You know, if you think starting on, you know, if you're looking at the back of the defensive line on the left, you're going to have your defensive tackle, and that's going to be Jalen Carter. By far the most proven guy coming back for Georgia. Um, And he's going to be backed up by Warren Brinson. Uh, Georgia's next first-round pick is going to be Jalen Carter. It's going to happen probably top 10, top 15 pick in the draft in April. Carter, 6'3", 300 pounds, a junior from Florida. Played in all 15 games last year, 37 tackles. Uh, eight tackles for loss. Remember, that was all as a backup. So 37 tackles, eight tackles for loss, all in a backup role or kind of a supporting role, not being out there you know, quite as much. He is going to have an absolutely huge season. Brinson, his backup, been in the program a couple years. At nose guard, Lion Zoe, or Zion Logue. I just got that backwards. That was fun. Zion Logue is going to be backed up by Nazir Stackhouse. Um, Logue, 6'5", 295. He's a redshirt sophomore out of Tennessee. 19 total tackles, uh, and two of those being for loss in his career. That is a huge drop-off from the force that was Jordan Davis. Now, Stackhouse, the the guy that is going to get a lot of playing time at nose guard, 6'3", 320, uh, junior from Stone Mountain. Again, uh, 12 tackles for uh in his career two of those for loss so you know if you combine four tackles for loss that was Jordan David is in most of the first halves that he played last year he was that much of a factor at defensive end the last member of the three down linemen that Georgia will be playing Tyron Ingram Dawkins now I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way because I've done all my research offensively and defensively to run out over the next couple of uh, shows there are so many hyphenated names on this Georgia team uh, and for whatever reason maybe it's just the Covington in me but I struggle with some of these names so please forgive me up front Ingram Dawkins is going to be the starter and uh, Tramel Wallflower is going to be your backup Dawkins very, very interesting guy. 6'5", 300 pounds. He's a redshirt fr- freshman from Gaffney, South Carolina. So if you're a uh, House of Card fan, you know that uh, that it's part of the setting for that show. Um, limited action last year. He really only played in the Charleston Southern game. But there has been a lot of talk about him in spring and again in fall camp. Uh, this is a guy that The coaching staff is very high on. He's talked to the media a couple times, which is kind of a key indicator for Kirby uh, and all the coaches, really, that if they allow you to talk to the the media, they feel pretty good. Not only that you're going to represent yourself well, but you're going to be a contributor on the field. 
Wathauer, uh, 6'3", He's a senior from Hinesville. Hasn't seen much of the field in his career. I mean, to be a senior and, and still being backing up, you know, not a terrible player, but obviously not the impact guy. So that's kind of the two deep uh, across the defensive line. So I think it's obvious just by the names, right? Like the, the, the common listener to this, you're going to like, I, I know Jalen Carter. Um, who are the rest of these guys? So, if I were to tell you one guy that I've already talked about, Ingram Dawkins at the defensive end spot is going to be it. There's a couple other guys, um, young guys, freshmen that are coming in that as the season progresses, I think you're going to see a lot more contribution. Now, they'll play early. It's just whether or not they're making a big impact early. You know, again, I'm going to reference it a few times over the next couple of shows, but Kirby talked at the touchdown club earlier this week. He talked about the fact that, you know, when you come in and you're a highly touted recruit, fans expect to see something immediately. But the reality is there's a lot of progression that needs to happen. And it happens throughout the first year that you play. But the guys that are coming in as true freshmen, that they're going to contribute, the hope is that they'll contribute by the end of their first season, not necessarily in the first half of the first game of the season. So the two guys that you want to kind of keep an eye on uh, on the defensive line, First of all, this guy, best name on the team, Bear Alexander, uh, 6'3", 305-pound, true freshman from Texas. He was a four-star. Uh, this is the best story that we got out of Kirby at the uh, at, at Touchdown Club this week. Uh, Trey Scott, defensive line coach for Georgia, said he will not call him Bear until he does something on the field. So for right now, at practice – Trey Scott, the position coach, defensive line coach, he will only refer to Bear Alexander as Keithian, which is his first name. Uh, and so once he does something, once he uh, earns his place, then he will be able to uh, call him Bear. So I thought that was a great story. The guy, the number one guy, Bear Alexander, that's a guy, if you if you follow recruiting at all, you're going to remember that name, right? Michael Williams is the guy. This is the guy, 6'5", 265, two, true freshman. Let me just kind of give you something as, as a comp here. And I'm not saying that Michael Williams, before he ever takes a snap, is going to be as good as Trayvon Walker. But 6'5", 265, Walker is 6'5", 272. He's a, he's a leaner guy. He's not the big, you know, kind of traditional defensive tackle. But he is a guy that is going to be able to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback as he comes and gets more experience as he gets a little bit more time throughout this year, I think Michael Williams is going to be the breakout defensive line star uh, for this team. So he was a four-star guy out of Columbus. So that's our defensive line breakdown. Let's move to the linebackers. Now, one thing for the rest of the line position, I mean, for the line too, for the rest of the defense, I'm going to break this down by the position that they're listed at, uh, as playing on Georgia Dogs website, okay? But there is a lot of mixing and matching. You know, you could see three nose guards out there in a certain situation. You could see three defensive ends out there in a certain situation when we're talking about the line. So when we get into the linebacking core, I've got them broken down to inside and outside. But just the reality is this, these are the linebackers. Just in total, the guys that you're going to get, uh, you're going to hear about. So inside linebacker uh, or just linebackers in general, the guys that are being replaced You'll know these names, Quay Walker, Channing Tindall, both seniors, both graduated, both drafted, and then obviously N'Kobe Dean, who was without a doubt the leader of this defense, uh, or at least the linebacking core 
yesterday or last year. So, uh, again, a lot of rotation at the linebacker position, so we're going to give you a lot of names. It seems at this point the first string inside linebacker duo is going to be Jamon Duman-Johnson. Told you, a lot of hyphenated names. And Smale Munden. So Dubin Johnson, 6'1", 245. He's a sophomore from Maryland. He he played in 14 games last year, 22 tackles, two and a half uh, tackles for loss, and then an interception. So he had some influence last year in, in limited snaps. Munden is a guy that I've heard a lot about. He's 6'3", 220 sophomore from Dallas, Georgia. Um, he actually moved up from defensive back. He played some defensive back last year. Uh, and then on special teams, but 14 games in that. He had 12 tackles and a sack. He is a speedster. So he's an inside linebacker that you're going to want to, you know, you can blitz with him, obviously, but then his his position is going to be depending on what else is going on on the defense. He's the guy that's going to pick the backup out of the backfield or even potentially line up with the tight end. So that's why having that defensive back experience, but he's got that big body where he can move up and play linebacker. But that's going to be uh, – very, very helpful for him. The second string seems to be Tresman Marshall and Xavier Sori. Sori is a 6'3", 214-pound uh, redshirt freshman. He was a five-star coming out of high school last year. Um, didn't do a whole lot. Obviously, there was a lot of depth at linebacker last year, so it's understandable, but should see a, a big jump for him. And then the third string guys that you'll kind of, again, see a lot of, Ryan Davis and EJ Lightsey. So the the guy to watch is a true freshman out of North Carolina, Jalen Walker, 6'2", 225. He was the number three linebacker in the whole country during the last recruiting cycle, and he has gotten a lot, a lot, a lot of talk in camp. One of the reporters asked Jamon Duman Johnson, one of the starting middle linebackers, about Jalen Walker. And his comment was very, very telling. He said, no comment, which tells me they don't want anybody talking about this guy. They don't want to put any extra pressure on him. But it would be so easy for a guy who's a protected starter just to go out and be like, hey, he's a good, you know, he's, he's shown a lot. He's a good kid. He's going to come in here. I think he contributes to the team. Why would he not say that? Well, it's because that would be downplaying it. So they, they let him know. They let everybody know. Don't talk about Jalen. So Jalen Walker, one to keep an eye on uh, for the linebacker position. Outside linebackers, your first string, Nolan Smith, Robert Beal Jr. And if you want to talk about two guys that have had that whose careers started the same and have gone in completely opposite directions, the outside linebacker tandem here uh, is is a perfect example of that. Nolan Smith, five star guy out of Savannah, Georgia. Let me just get this out of the way. Thank you, Mama Smith. Because Mama Smith wanted him to finish his degree, and that is the only reason that Nolan Smith is not in NFL training camp right now. So thank God for Mama. 6'3", 235, like I said, a five-star coming out of Savannah. He is an absolute beast. He is the unquestioned leader on the defensive side of the ball for this team in 2022. Just listen to these stats from last year only. 56 tackles, nine tackles for loss, one interception, three forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and a block kick. This man did just about everything you can do on the defensive side of the ball. He was the guy that made the uh, the final sack of the season. He 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 sacked uh, Bryce Young on the last play of the national championship game and gave the little the rock the baby sign as the clock was ticking down. Nolan Smith is 
absolutely going to have a huge year. Uh, read somewhere in the last couple of days that he has a goal of double-digit sacks this year. So a lot of pressure that Nolan Smith is putting on himself, but as the the star coming back on this defense. I mean, you talk about all the other guys, the, the the front three defensive linemen drafted off to the NFL. Three of the four starting linebackers last year drafted off to the NFL. Nolan Smith is the one guy that's back. So, yeah, he's in the front seven especially. He is the guy. Now, I told you we have a yin and yang here because Robert Bill, also a former five-star, but his, his career has not gone nearly as well. So, 2022 is going to be the fifth season for Beal in Athens. and his career, he's only got 46 tackles uh, and nine of those for a loss. So it was a little surprising to see him come back. Um, you know, obviously he was not going to be a candidate with just the career he's had so far. But, you know, coming back for a fifth year, just a question about what he can do. So he, he seems to have earned a, a starting position. This is his last chance, you know. It's his last chance to really put some tape together and get himself a shot at the next level. So a lot riding on this season for Robert Beal. Moving to kind of the second string there, we got Chaz Chambliss and MJ Sherman. Sherman is the guy I want to talk about a little bit. He's a 6'2", 250-pound junior out of Maryland. He got a lot of playing time on special teams, but he should be a big contributor from the linebacker position this year. So, uh, again, you can't get too tied up on inside and outside linebackers, but those are the names of a lot of the linebackers that uh, that we're going to see on the field. We're moving on to the secondary. Now listen, the way Georgia plays defense, it's a 3-4 defense. That means there's a lot of people in the secondary, so we got a lot of names to run through here, okay? Here are the names of the guys that Georgia lost at, off of last year's secondary. So you lost Latavius Brini, Dearion Kendrick, Amir Speed, and Lewis Seen. So that's four of the five starters in the secondary. So uh, this unit, in my opinion, will be what decides how good Georgia's defense can be. I feel like on the defensive line and at the linebacker position, although guys haven't had as much experience, they've gotten some playing time. They've played a lot on special teams, and they're supremely talented. The guys in, in the secondary are actually probably man for man more talented as far as like recruiting ratings and stuff. More talented than the guys that we have in the front seven. The difference is there's just no experience back here, save for one guy. But I mean, we're going to start talking about the corner positions. The projected starters right now Keely Ringo and Kamari Lassiter. Now, Ringo, we'll start with him. He will always be remembered. No matter what happens this year, what happens in the future, that pick six secured the national title game, and he will always be remembered for that play. But now he's got to come back and show he's a top 15 pick in the NFL draft, which is what his goal is. You know, I heard him speak uh, in the spring, and he talked about the fact that he wanted to come back, have a great season, and go to the NFL. So that is his plan. He's a former five-star from the state of Washington, 34 tackles. Uh, in 2021, he had two interceptions and a sack, uh, and obviously uh, one of those interceptions was a pick six, a historic pick six. Keeley missed the entire his entire freshman season, so he is a redshirt sophomore, uh, but he is draft eligible after this year. 
Lassiter, six-foot sophomore for Savannah. He mostly played on special teams last year. And, and this is what we're going to have to talk about when we talk about corners. Keeley really developed well. And by the end of last year, he was a starter. I mean, he was playing really well. That's why he was in the game at that point in the game uh, to make that pick six. So he's he's back. The other guys, Lassiter and the other guys we're about to talk about, are all either freshmen or redshirt freshmen. So Lassiter doesn't have any statistics as a defensive back. Here are the backups, okay? We got four guys. We got 16 stars amongst them. All of them four-star guys, but only two career tackles for this entire bunch. We got Nylon Green. He's a redshirt freshman from Covington, Georgia. Go Rams from Newton County High School. Um, Dalen Everett, freshman from Virginia, another four-star guy. He's a number three corner in the country last year. Julian Humphrey, a freshman, four-star from Texas. And Jaheim Singletary, a freshman from Jacksonville, another four-star. So what you have at the corner position is you have Keegley Ringo, who is a, you know, if you go look at like Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay or any of the guys that project into the NFL draft, Ringo is one of, you know, these guys that you see anywhere from 7 to 15, 20 in the first round. So he's a guy who has a lot of expectations on him for this year and and really a proven commodity. Then you've got five guys who are amazingly talented but have zero, zero experience. Now, if you are an offensive coordinator, which way are you going to throw? And that is why of these five guys, Georgia desperately, desperately needs one of them to step up and really just be viable. You don't have to be an All-American. You don't have to be All-SEC, but you can't. They're going to pick on you. They're going to throw that way. You'd be a fool not to throw that way they have got to show early I mean I'm talking about against Oregon these guys have got to play well or Georgia's going to have a lot of trouble in the secondary your team your defense especially is only as good as its weakest link and that's why last year's team was so amazing because there really weren't any weak links maybe maybe the star position where there had been a little bit of injury but by and large it was a healthy side of the ball, and everybody contributed, and everybody was experienced. When you look at this uh, secondary, and especially at the corners, it is scary how much inexperience Georgia has. At safety, Chris Smith and Dan Jackson. Uh, you might be happy to just hear two names maybe you, you're actually familiar with. You've, you've heard these names before. Christopher Smith is obviously the guy that had the pick six against Clemson that it, you know really won that game against Clemson to start last season. You know, uh, He struggled with some injuries on and off, but he's by far the most experienced guy in the secondary. 35 tackles, three interceptions. He's a senior. Dan Jackson really made a name for himself, former walk-on uh, junior from Gainesville. 40 tackles last year. He had a block punt that resulted in a touchdown against Arkansas. Uh, when you start looking at the backups, here we go again. We've got David Daniel Sisavana, who forever on this podcast will now be refer- referred to as DDS because there's no chance I'm going to try to say that ever again. A four-star guy from Woodstock. He played in 10 games last year. He had 10 tackles. Malachi Stark, 6'1", 205. He's a freshman from Jefferson five-star guy, number 15 nationally. Um, I kind of expect him to push Dan Jackson potentially by the end of the season for, I mean, I don't know about for the starting job, uh, but definitely 
for a lot the majority of the playing time. Ja'Cory Thomas, another freshman from Orlando, six foot, two hundred pounds, four star guy. So the last the last position we're going to talk about on the defensive side of the ball today uh, is the star position. So William Poole, six foot, one ninety, he's the senior from Atlanta. Uh, William Poole is the winner of the, this year's winner of the My God, how long has this guy played college football award? Because William Poole is getting ready to play in his sixth season. Uh, he played in the 2017 season. He struggled with injuries, which is why he's gotten so many years to come back and play again. Uh, but as he comes back for what feels like his 100th season in Athens, he is uh, dangerously close to qualifying as an AARP member before he actually leaves the University of Georgia. So William Poole looks to be the star there. Javon Bullard, 5'8", or 5'11", excuse me, 180 pounds for Milledgeville. Played in 14 games last year, a lot of experience, mostly on special teams. Uh, Tyke Smith is a guy who Georgia just hopes could be healthy. He's a that junior that transferred from West Virginia last year. He didn't play really at all. I mean, I don't think he made it out of camp. He tore his ACL, and he's still, even this year, having a hard time getting back from injury. Obviously, they took him last year for a reason, so it, it stands to reason that if he could get healthy, he could probably move up and be the backup and, and get some real playing time behind William Poole. But frankly, it's just at this point, it's, it's hard to see. You haven't seen him healthy at all, so it's hard to kind of bank on that. The The key, as I've already said, they, there's been a lot of cross, they, they've, they've made it public. There's been a lot of cross training when it comes to the secondary. So there's going to be a lot of fluidity between SAR and safety. And, you know, even some corner. But Georgia has an absolute ton of talent in the secondary. Again, from a talent standpoint, it's probably the deepest position group they have as far as just everybody's at least a four-star or a proven veteran. So there's so many really good players, but there's just no experience to to speak of. So the last thing we're going to talk about today might be the scariest part of this team frankly. Scary bad, not scary good. Uh, The punting situation at Georgia is shaky at best. Um, If the secondary didn't scare the crap out of you, here comes the punting. Jake Camarda, great punter, graduated. He's off. I don't even know what he's doing now. Should have looked that up, but I didn't. Um, He handled kickoffs for Georgia, and obviously he he was a really good punter for Georgia. So now we need a punter. Here's some names of some people. Uh, Brett Thorson, true freshman. He's from Australia. Um, Here's what I know about him. His name is Brett Thorson. He's a true freshman, and he's from Australia. Uh, We got a redshirt freshman from Cairo? Cairo? I'm not really sure. Cairo. It's Georgia, so it's Cairo, not Cairo, Egypt. I was about to say we're getting very international with our punting. But uh, Noah Jones, redshirt freshman from Cairo, Georgia. Uh, and then Matthew Sumlin is listed on the website as a place kicker and punter. He's from Smyrna. Um, I don't know anything about any of these guys. I know it's important that we have a good punting game and a good, uh, you know, I, you have to have a good special teams. But I could not make myself do any research on these guys. So let me just say this when it comes to the punting. Hopefully one of these three guys, I mean, we have, we've literally searched worldwide to find somebody that can punt. Let's hope 
the special teams can be good. They're not going to be as good as Camarda. They just need to be serviceable when it comes to punting. That's where we're going to leave it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I want to give you a quick preview of what's going to come over the next couple of days. Again, we started with the defensive preview today. Hope you enjoyed it. We're going to have the offensive side of the ball, the offensive preview in the next couple of days. That podcast should show up in your feed. And then middle of next week, I will record and then post probably on Thursday of next week, the Georgia-Oregon preview. Uh, It will definitely be by Thursday because it's going to have our viewing guide in it and going to have a little bit of a new format when it comes to the preview shows each week. There will be a, uh, you know, obviously a preview of Georgia and their opponent. There'll be the viewing guide. But I want to do a little more of a zoom out than we did last year where it was just so Georgia-centric. Just going to take maybe five minutes every single week just to talk about things, primarily in the SEC, but just a little quick look around the country uh, and offer a little bit of perspective and predictions on what may be happening around the world of college football. You know, I really regret that I didn't have more time in this offseason to get into things like the realignment, the the playoff talks, the new scheduling model the SEC is probably going to adopt in the next few months. But we'll have plenty of time to get to that stuff when something solid happens, and we'll just leave the rumor and innuendo where it is for now. But again, really, really excited about this season. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun for Georgia fans. It's just fun to have college football back. It's a wonderful time of the year. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, go dogs.